0: It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. Today marks exactly 19 years since the attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City. It was a day. A sad day for America and uh, mostly the world, really. A day when terrorists hijacked uh, aircraft and flew them directly into the Twin Towers, killing close to 3,000 people. Uh, this, this resulted in, in, in changes, major changes to the world. It affected businesses. People lost their jobs. And, and um, one of the individuals whose life was directly impacted is my guest today on the Time with Fred podcast. And she is Amy Fuentes. Amy is a speaker, author, uh, transformational coach, and businesswoman. But first and foremost, she is a mother and also a hugely successful family manager. Amy learned much about finance and tips on being money savvy during her career as a mortgage consultant and then running her own business. However, her main breakthrough came when she had to save her family from bankruptcy after 9-11 hit them and their income was cut in half literally overnight. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. In the years following, Amy developed a system that taught her children money management and empowered them to become money savvy, financially secure, and debt free. Inspired by her success with her girls and many other clients, Amy and her business partner founded Lilola Coaching and created a free three-day how to raise a millionaire challenge as well as an online course on raising money savvy Kids. and Amy is my guest on the Time with Fred podcast today. Amy, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Fred.
1: What a powerful story, um, Amy, that that you have in your bio there. And oftentimes when I I have a guest on the on the podcast, you know we're we're. We hear all the great things that they're doing. We read about the, the fantastic bio that, that they have. But a lot of times, there's always a story right behind all of that. And yours is, a, is equally a powerful story. You're, who you are right now and what you do was born out of one of the challenging times um, that, that we went through, and that was during 9 11. So, exactly what happened? Take us back to 9 and, 11 and tell us about you know, how all that happened and, and why you're where, where you are today.
0: Uh, yeah, it was. It was not a pleasant time. <laughs> let, oh, I bet. let me let me start off with, with that. Um, we had me and my husband had just bought our dream home. Um, we had built it. We had moved in. He purchased his dream car, and life as we knew it was. I, I'll be honest, was pretty good. And then something that we could not prepare for happened. Um, for those of you who will recall, about twenty years ago. Um, on 9-11, when those planes flew into the buildings, um, we, are, we were one of the fortunate ones. We actually survived. You know, there were people that didn't. But in the aftermath, a lot of people got back to their lives as normal, pretty much, except for, of course, TSA. Um, but for us, we never really got back to normal. Because if you recall, the airlines went into bankruptcy and our income i was a stay-at-home mom at the time and our income was cut in half like fred said overnight and not only our income you guys but our retirement accounts were slashed and we got pennies on the dollar and here we are looking at each other in our dream home in tears wondering first of all how the heck are we going to pay the mortgage but more importantly how are we going to tell our kids um and how is life going to change not just for us but for them as well and it set me on a course and a trajectory that i never in a million years could have imagined um at that time i oh, it i'm gonna try not to cry you guys because it brings back such memories but um i felt like an incredible loser i felt how could i be so ill prepared how could i have not had an emergency fund how could i have not taken the time to educate myself about finances because let's face it i didn't learn it in school and my parents taught me what their parents knew which in all honesty wasn't a whole lot besides save your money (laughs) put it in a piggy bank and save your money which doesn't really help, um, in the management of the money. Um, so I, I, I quaked literally, I stayed up at night with stomach ulcers, um, because not only did I not know how I was going to pay the mortgage, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I was going to make pay their dance lessons and all the things that they had become Mm -hmm. accustomed to going to. And honestly, I didn't know how to tell them. Mm -hmm. Um, it was not the most pleasant time but because of that situation not only did i make a decision at that very moment to put on my big girl panties and figure this stuff out um but i swore to myself that i would figure a way to teach my kids so that when they got to be my age they would never Ever feel the way I felt and they would be prepared and they wouldn't be in my situation. So I joke now. I joke that my idea of a budget friend Mm -hmm. was, you know, spending the money, you know, you get a paycheck and you just spend it till it's gone. And then you either hunker down and wait for the next paycheck. Or you uh, put it on credit and yeah. you cross your fingers at the next, next paycheck yeah. Yeah. is enough to pay it yeah. and all the other things you need to pay um and a lot of times now that the money was cut in half there wasn't enough yeah uh, so I went to work I talk about cutting back there there was nothing that was a want there were only needs. There was a roof over our head, food on the table, and clothes on our back.
1: Talk about a total total life transformation. There 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 for you, right?
0: Yep. My husband you know- sold his car. Um, we we were lucky because as a result of this, I had to go back to work, and we needed something flexible because he traveled so much, um, being in the airline industry. Um, and so I was introduced to the mortgage industry now at the time (laughs) I didn't even know how to use a financial calculator And the learning curve was drastic but as a result of that I learned how to do mortgages and I was able to refinance ours In a in a type of mortgage where we only paid interest now. I wouldn't advise that for you Let me me tell you that right now I, advise you.
1: <laughs> I could i could totally relate uh, amy i was in the mortgage um industry as well and i can remember some of the very difficult conversations i had to um have with people so we started on the origination side and then when this whole meltdown happened um we were redeployed and so we're doing more of the the, the modifications right and i remember yep. having to call homeowners who had everything invested in their homes and tell them that, you know, I'm sorry to let you know that we're not able to approve your modification and as a result would have to, your house would have to go into foreclosure. Some of those were the toughest conversations I, I had um, in, in my role as a mortgage um, consultant back then. And, and I, I heard many tears. I heard people who said that we're going to commit suicide and countless of times we had to call the police and send the cops to people's homes for fear of what they were going to do uh not once not twice but many 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 times because we didn't want to and they meant it like you know if this is what's going to happen this is all i have i'm just going to commit suicide so we we're just sending cops to people's homes to say hey here's what's about to happen and uh so i I can relate right um to, to that emotion that this evokes um even for me at the time working, it was a very stressful time uh, for even me, you know, kind of helping people um, through this. But maybe for a lot of people who go through situations like that, um, th- th- they're one of two things. They completely give up hope, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna end it, that's it. And, and then there are those who somehow are able to turn, you know, their, their situations around and, and you're one of those people. What was it that, you know, kind of made you think of, okay, Here's what I'm gonna do. You know, you could have given up and you know, ring your arms in the air. I'm done and, and blame everything else. But you looked at the other side and you're able to turn. You you educated yourself, I guess, becoming a mortgage becoming a mortgage consultant. And how, how did you manage to turn? And that's really what this whole podcast is about, right? Challenging challenging those paradigms and mindsets that that hold us back. How how were you we able to do that? Why didn't you just give up and say this is it? I'm done that's the end but rather he said no i'm gonna see what i can do and out of this have come a business that you that you run now
0: yeah you know long that's,
1: question but
0: it is a long question <laughs> but it's a great one fred it's a really great one um it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what it was it's just not the person that i am i'm a fighter and i'll go i'll go down swinging um there were many days that I thought, I I mean, I won't, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There were many days that I just bawled all day that I sat down on the floor and just cried. Or, um, we, we we would look and we would have to explain to our children that, you know, we weren't able to continue life as we know it. And now everyone is going to have to pitch in. Um, I will say that it, was a huge learning experience for all of us and a huge growth potential for all of us. And sometimes things happen in our lives that wake us up. Mm-hmm. That um, And usually the ones that wake us up are not the ones that are the feel good mm-hmm. ones. But once we wake up, they impact our lives in a positive way mm-hmm. moving forward. It's, it's this thing called, um, someone I, I listened to recently named Eric Edmidge, he calls it the hindsight window mm. you know the the, the the period of time between when something terrible happens mm-hmm. and the time that you realize yeah that happened but it was for the better that time frame for some may be a lifetime for others maybe years mm. and for the shorter you can um, the, the quicker you can shorten that hindsight window mm-hmm. the so much happier you are mm. And I found also that for me, I needed to take action. Um, Just after, after I took my pity party, you know, and bawled on the floor for Mm -hmm. quite some time, I'm not going to say it was an hour. I'm going to say it was weeks. Mm -hmm. I eventually said, you know what? I'm fortunate. My husband wasn't in one of those planes. And he still does have a job, even if it's paying him a lot less.
1: Good perspective.
0: And so we need to figure this out. And maybe we do need to sell this house. And maybe we do need to move to a different place. And maybe we do need to move in with family. And maybe we do. But we're lucky we have options. Mm. And let's take one option at a time and figure out which one is, or try it. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. We had to get rid of the car. That was a no-brainer. Um, the house we were lucky to refinance mm-hmm. and were able to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. I actually sat down with a realtor because we were looking at listing it, mm. and she said to me, "You know, look, Len, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't don't sell your house. Don't don't sell your house. Eat. I think she said, eat um, beanies and
1: weenies.
0: Yeah. Eat beanies and weenies or rice and beans. Yeah but don't sell your house, make this work. So I was like, well, you know, she's been in the business a lot longer than I have. You know, she's seen a lot more than I have. She was a a much older realtor. And I said, let's try and make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, We created a system where we we actually, (laughs) this is painstaking to tell you, but we could not spend even a penny without either A, getting a receipt, or B, writing it down on a piece of paper if we paid
1: cash for it. But, that, but that's how you become financially savvy, right? That's, well, that's, you that's, know where your money's yeah.
0: going. You, you, you can't manage money if you don't even know where it's going. So my first step was to figure out where the heck is it going? Mm-hmm. And you would be amazed, at least I was, amazed at some of the places it was going that I had. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we know that it goes to like utilities and rent and car payments and food. But the things that we don't know that it goes to, the little purchases, you're not going to get in trouble by doing the big ones. You get in trouble by doing the daily little ones that just quickly add up and get out of control.
1: That's and habit. That's, yep. Habit is just a sum of the daily things we do, right? Over and over again. And it becomes, it becomes a habit, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And those little decisions and those little purchases are the ones that really get you in trouble over time. So I track them. I was I was like a crazy woman. You know, like you will you will get receipts and you will put them in this box and we and I tracked them in an Excel spreadsheet. Um and then I started figuring out how am I going to teach this to my kids? This is way too time consuming, cumbersome and everything else. And I started reading a lot of books. Um things like Rich Dad Poor Dad by yeah. Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. Um it it was really my my go-to book for the beginning. Um, in there, he actually says that, uh, he had a business at like the, at a very young age, like, in a single digits or 11 or something, very, very young. And he said in his book that you can challenge children to have a business very young. So I said, all right, I'm going to try it. So my kids, I think were, they were in elementary school. I wanna say they were in like third or fourth grade, maybe fifth. And I told them that they needed to find something somebody needed or wanted, Mm -hmm. and you needed to find a way to provide that for them that they would pay you. And we did a business plan and they typed it in their computer and um, a 486 DS, (laughs) one of those big (laughs) albatross ones, not like the flat things that we have now. We had one for the entire family. Um, but they typed it in. And I will tell you, one of them was um my oldest decided that she wanted to help people who were too busy to wrap packages mm. for Christmas and wanted to help people who wanted to wrap ones that were special from Santa. So she put out what she called all wrapped up. And she helped her teachers and people that she interacted with in the different um religious schools. You know affiliations that we had and things along those lines, and helped them wrap gifts. And,
1: and as simple as that, may sound, it takes it takes great skill to wrap a perfect present. I mean, I'm not one of those. I mean, sometimes we get present and you can tell there's a lot of detail that went into wrapping it up and putting the bow. You know, for me, I just slap the things around. And, you know, <laughs> but it's skill, yeah.
0: <laughs> a bag, that's my idea. <laughs> uh yeah so she she had it all we had bows and we had wrapping paper and she you know charged people a couple of dollars to wrap their gifts and and made some money oh Um, yeah out of
1: out of out of out of hired her to do mine for me too (laughs) (laughs) like
0: a dollar or two i think it was like two dollars to wrap a gift it wasn't four bucks it wasn't anything major um and then my younger daughter she loved i had this recipe of three ingredients to make toffee And she loved that. And so I'll never forget. She couldn't even reach the stove. She would have to bring a chair and stand on the chair and then stir it on the stove to make the toffee. And then it was too hot. So I would have to pour it in the pan to make it set. And she she made Reagan's Tasty Toffee. Her name is Reagan. And she made Reagan's Tasty Toffee. And it was so profitable that she got tired of doing it (laughs) and she sold it to her sister later for a dollar. Wow. And her sister stopped doing wrapping of packages and started taking it over and called it Morgan's Tasty Toffee. And even a- in high school, she would do it and um if she needed some extra money and would sell it. Um and they were they were in elementary school, you guys. But
1: these are these are entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial skills, Amy that Schools don't teach anymore, right? But these are these are business skills. These are valuable skills that I believe. Now you're you're giving me all sorts of ideas now because I'm looking at the things that our kids know how to do, and I'm wondering what we're going to be talking about after this podcast. But these are these are valuable skills, right? If we all could think about. Well endowed with, with gifts and abilities. I believe our creator gave us all. There's something, there's something I call, what do you have in your hands, right? But we all have something in our hands, but we just don't think about it enough to be able to think about how we can monetize this and use that right to, to bring about the changes and the miracles and the answers to the problems that we're looking for. But before we go on, Amy, let me ask you, you talked about the hindsight window. How long or short was your hindsight window after, after all this happened? Um, Honestly, if you do remember that,
0: <laughs> yeah, I do years mm. Years because I was mad. I was angry I was angry that I wasn't prepared. I was angry at my parents for not preparing me. I was angry at myself I was frustrated that that happened to us after we had done all the things that I thought were right um, and it was a very 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 long time years Before we could get to the point where I felt like we could we could almost breathe again, where it wasn't so tough to make ends meet, that our numbers were always negative. Um, And so what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to make that hindsight window less for others.
1: But you did though, right? I mean, you're all the emotions that you expressed, I mean, we we all do that. There's anger, there's frustration, even considering what's going on right now in the form of COVID, right? There's a lot of that at play, right? Oh, yeah. People who are still working through that hindsight window, right? So even though it took you years, you got out of it. I think the danger for a lot of us, Amy, is that we, we remain stuck and we don't get out of it. And that's really where the challenge is. And that's what podcasts like this that's what this is all about and that's what we're talking about this right That, regardless of how long that you know, do all that cry if you must and do all that but after a while we all have to learn to come out to shorten that hindsight window and come out of whatever it is that we're coming out of so i'm glad you you share that because we're we all it, life happens right yeah. you're not the only one we all went through that and unfortunately not everyone was able to come out of that um, the, the way you did. So it's it's okay for audience who are listening or watching. It's okay to experience all of that, but whatever you do, come out of that, right? Right.
0: And, the, and the, sometimes you just have to take a baby step mm-hmm. in a direction. It doesn't even matter what direction to start moving forward. Mm. You know, it's hard when you're, when your finances have been hit or you're going through divorce or you lost a loved one or you fill in the blank. We, you know, Life gives us curve yep. balls, yep. but it's up to us to take those balls yep. and throw them back, you know, and, and really make a, an effort yep. to not let that stop us from living, but yep. to live our lives fuller mm. as a result of it. Mm. Um, and the experiences, think about Fred, think about an experience that you had. Um, I'll give you a prime example. You ready? I moved 19 times in 18 years growing up. My family, my father, my family was not in the service. We just moved a lot. (laughs) And we weren't like- Well, once
1: a year about. Yeah,
0: sometimes more than that. And I was always the new girl in town, always. And so I would sit by myself at the lunch table. And I would- um, and I would be on the playground all by myself because, and I would go home on the bus and sit in the seat all by myself. But because of that, I don't let anybody ever feel that way ever. I, I invite people and I tell them, look, if you're going to feel awkward, don't worry because I'm going to be there right by your side. So you've got a wingman. I never, I, I tell my kids, if somebody comes new into school, So I've taken that experience, that horrible feeling, and I've made it a positive. I I don't let that drag me down. I now know that I have to make it so that others don't feel that way. And so think of something that maybe happened when you were younger that wasn't so pleasant. Maybe someone said something to you that wasn't so kind. And how does that now change you to make you a better person? I'm a better person Mm. because people ignored me Mm. I'm a better person because of that
1: what a powerful perspective because you'd have thought the opposite would be true right yeah
0: you would have thought I would have gone introverted and like nobody likes me I have no friends but instead that empowered me to make sure that when I saw people new to town or new to a school that I and I instilled this in my kids I said listen if you see someone new you become their friend Mm. and then when they do make their own friends you can let them go Mm -hmm. but at least be there for the beginning Mm -hmm. and and bridge that gap for them so they're not feeling so terrible
1: be the change you want to see right I think it was Gandhi who said that yeah
0: yep yep and so but think about things because we've all had things happen in our lives you guys we've all had them that made us who we are today and now that you're looking back, you realize that you're the person you are today because of that event that happened. If you can shorten that window instead of being 30 years mm-hmm. to three months, you'd be so much happier. Yeah. The way to do that is to realize that when a, when a major catastrophe happens, it's a precursor to something better coming along. Mm. It's a precursor to giving you that push to push you to grow, to be a better person as a result of it. So instead of being boo hoo, turn around and say, thank you.
1: Mm.
0: And it just is a perception shift in your mind. And when you start thinking about when you, I'm a, I don't know, Fred, if you believe this, but I believe that you get what you're looking for. Absolutely. So if you're looking for pity, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. If you're sitting there in a pity party, oh my life is miserable. You're going to get more of a miserable life.
1: It's a universal law of life, right? What it is you, the it's universal law, law, law of, of attraction, like right? what you exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly the law of attraction. So if you're having uh, something bad happen to you like like i did like you, you know you're either they're picking on you or their your finances gone hit to turn around and look at it as a positive which is not easy i'm going to tell you right now at least look at it as how is this going to impact my life and make mm. it better mm. how am i going to be a better as a result of this mm. how is this going to make me be better for others. And so when you stop looking at, woe is me, I'm so unfortunate, I'm a victim, and instead empower yourself to say, this is what I needed to grow to be even better. And I'm excited to see what's on the other side. The other side comes so much faster.
1: Yes. You shortened that, you shortened that window, right? I love it. I love it. So I mean, we're there, and we're going to talk about your coaching here in a bit, but um this is so i love this but uh, what are some of the lessons i mean going back uh, anything you would have done differently or any lessons that he took away from this experience
0: I, you know i i don't live with regret and i don't live in the past mm. so i don't regret any of the decisions i made because i made the best decisions i could at the time of the what information a powerful, I had. what a
1: powerful thought what a powerful concept
0: you know you you wouldn't you wouldn't intentionally you guys you wouldn't intentionally make a bad decision right nobody goes oh i'm going to purposely not have a slush fund so when catastrophe hits i have to struggle nobody intentionally does that they make decisions that they you know that they ho- that they that they think are going to be good based on the information that they have at the time now as time passes you might get new information that yeah. might shed light on the situation that happened in yeah. the past but you didn't have it back then right so cut yourself some slack don't regret that learn from it yeah. and say you know now moving forward I made the best decision I could at the time yep. and now I'm gonna pivot mm. and change course because now I have new information
1: I love that. now I
0: can make a different decision no decision in life is final no decision in life whether you buy a car or you retire and then you decide you're bored and you want to go back to work you buy a, a car and then you decide that it's too expensive or you don't really like it as much as you thought you can trade it in or buy a new one. You decide you want to move and you move and you don't like it. You can move back. I mean, there is literally, I can't think of one decision that can't be undone.
1: I love that. It reminds me of uh, one of the books I read by uh, Robert Schuller, the late Robert Schuller. I think the title was that success is never ending, failure is never final, right? It's all about, evolving right and learning from our from our from our mistakes and experiences i, I love that perspective amy this is so powerful
0: oh i'm glad i'm really yeah. glad i hope that your listeners are getting something out of this as well
1: oh i am i i am <laughs> <laughs> so, so and then that and then that birthed your, your your coaching program right uh for 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 kids and parents can you talk to us a little bit about about what that's about and
0: absolutely
1: yeah
0: Yeah. um so as a result of this experience i started implementing certain things with my kids again determined to teach them what i didn't know um and learning along the way so don't i know there's probably parents on here that are like i'm really bad with money amy that's okay that's okay you can still keep teach your kids to be better than you are you don't have to be good with it in order to teach them Mm -hmm. to be good you can teach them a better way. Now, you know, once you know of a better way. Um, so what I did was I started implementing things and some things worked, honestly, and some things didn't. Mm-mm. And now fast forward, I can't believe this, you guys, 9-11 was 20 years ago, yeah. can you believe that? How crazy is that? Yeah. Um, and my daughters are now in their you know early mid-20s mm-hmm. and now they have over $10,000 wow. in a, a retirement fund. I don't know about you, but I didn't have that kind of money in my 20s in a retirement fund. Mm. A whopping zero.
1: I sure didn't.
0: You know, <laughs> just think of how much further ahead they are mm. by compound interest over time. Yes, yes. Um, so they're well on their way to being millionaires. Whether they realize it or not, they're well on their way. The other thing that they have is a um, an emergency fund. I have one daughter that has six months emergency fund and I have another that has 18 months. The daughter that has six months emergency fund um, is due to the fact that she actually used some of that money to pay to put herself through grad school without a dime from me, a bank or anybody else.
1: Are you kidding? Wow. So
0: she did that on her own while she lived off my payroll outside my home she paid for grad school and now she's building that, um, re- that emergency fund back up. So she's at about six months. My second daughter has 18 months emergency fund in addition to her retirement, in addition wow. to that. And she, I, I know a lot of you are gonna be like, yeah, well they probably got a job paying six figures. My youngest started making less than $50,000 a year. She lived on her own with a roommate. And she was able to save enough for 18 months reserves. Plus she actually in the last year took a trip to Europe for 10 days Wow! on paid for it in cash. Um, and so if I can put on my big girl panties and teach my kids a better way to manage their money and have it actually work, then I know that it helps others as well. But Let me tell you, Fred, at the time, I thought I was the only loser that didn't know how to do this. I thought everybody else had their stuff together and they had it figured out. And I was the only one that was struggling. But now I realize that there's a lot of people like I was and they're just searching for, you know, they don't have time parents nowadays don't have time, especially now with virtual learning Mm -hmm. and being quarantined, they don't have time to research and figure out what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. and -hmm. and all this other stuff. So I have a friend who asked me about two years ago, what I did with my girls Mm -hmm. and I started coaching her. And in the first year, the results were so mind blowing, profound that she begged me begged me to create a course and teach it to others she said not only do i no longer have fear about my son leaving the home and being able to support himself i no longer have um um shame over the fact that he wants brand name clothes and i can't afford them he wants to go on vacation and i I, we can't really afford the kind of vacation he wants to go on um we no longer have arguments over money and wanting to do things. there's more harmony in the home there's um, it's and in addition to the harmony, he has managed his money in a way that she couldn't even wrap her head around
1: wow
0: and on top of all of that she did some some money like crunching in numbers and she said she saved over a thousand dollars in that first year of money she normally would have spent on her son that she didn't have to because of the program so it's it's pretty mind-boggling and profound the impact that it had and that's and that's what uh that's when i created the program and am now bringing it to others to help them
1: and to think that all of these came out of, you know, one of the most challenging moments of your life, right? I mean, look, yep. at, look at what, I'm, I'm sure you look back and of course, no one would likes to revel, right? In, in the hardship, but I'm sure there's a part of you that looks back on um, the past 20 years and, and can say that, look, perhaps it's a good thing that this happened because if this hadn't happened, your daughters wouldn't have been you know where they are and this is a this is a ripple effect they're going to teach their you know the kids and kids and this is going to be a generational thing so you're impacting the world out of out of one not so good experience right and so we're right. going through all of this and i wonder how many of us amy are going through what we're going through right now globally um not taking what we need to take out of or missing some of the opportunities that could come out of this, because we're so focused on the pain, the misery and the hardship. And we're not minimizing that. I say this all the time. No. It's almost becoming a cliche, right? We're not minimizing the lives lost and all of that. But a change of perspective can make a huge difference. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely. And that is what we teach. Um, yeah. That is what we teach in the yeah. course. Yeah. Um, and so we are on a mission. We are on a mission to help raise a generation of debt-free financially savvy Mm. and independent adults one child at a time and we we do that through helping parents educate their children about money so that we can stop the generational thing like my parents teaching me and then i then teach my kids and it just perpetuates itself over and over again we want to cut that that repetition off, and instill um, you know tools and strategies that people can take so that they can literally not have the stress and the anxiety that I had or that parents have now with trying to figure out how they're going to teach their kids about money.
1: And 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 uh, I'll dare say that. Uh, For whoever's watching or listening you don't have to have or be a parent with kids to learn right i mean these are universal principles that any one of us can apply right financially right to get the results correct
0: absolutely absolutely these these are um and the thing is what a lot of people don't realize also is that this course is not like any other that you'll ever see because there are no like um, what do they call those those plans those learning plans there's there's none of those there's no workbooks that the kids have to sit and fill out there's no lectures that you have to give them because that's not life the things that we teach are how to implement these lessons while living your life so you don't take time out you do it while you're living um and so so, yes, it, 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 the, the system that we have is so totally different than anything you'll find because you're not going to sit your kids down. Your kids aren't going to want to have you lecture to them. You know, they, they barely want to hear what you have to say <laughs> these days anyway, but um, they do grasp the, the tools and it becomes really fun and really exciting. Um, so, yeah.
1: You, you, you mentioned um, Kiyosaki's book "Rich Dad" poor and I, and I think that was one of the things that characterized that "Rich Dad," right? What what it was that financial education which don't get te- don't get taught in schools, right? We don't teach. There's these in our schools, and these are and, and what what perfect time, right? With everyone goes going back to virtual learning, what a what a great program to to, to add right to the skill set of for kids right as they're home and as they're learning. So I I, I kind of like this, but. Uh, Amy, we're, we're I hate to dwell again, but this is this is what we end, right? It's it's the COVID nineteen, and perhaps there's someone who may have found themselves where you were 20 plus some years ago, and uh, perhaps faced with some of the decisions that you were faced with, and um, still in that hindsight window, um, and have been for a while, and and not knowing how to get out of that, right? Based on your experience, and, and what would you say? Amy, to that person, either listening to this podcast or watching, saying, well, I need help. It's, it's all, I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of this. I'm, I'm in debt. I've lost my job. And really at a crossroads, right? Or really in serious dire straits. What would you say to them right now?
0: I would say, sometimes life sucks. Hmm. Sometimes life sucks. So get mad, get sad, and then get on with it. And the way that I got on with it and the way I would suggest for your viewers um, to get on with it is what I call gratitude. Um, Every morning, I do it to this day. Every morning, I wake up and I say five things that I'm grateful for. Hmm. And every night, I say five things that I'm grateful for and not the same five. And what that does, you guys, is when you do it in the morning, it sets your mind up to look for positive things in your life. And then when you start looking for more positive things, you start finding more positive things. And so at the end of the day, you now have five more things or different things that you can now be grateful for. And you repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. And eventually you get out of that mindset of, and it's scary I'm, the, I'm gonna be the versatile it is yep. scary when you're looking at your bank account dwindling or negative numbers and you're putting stuff on credit and and you're not really sure but put the big girl pants on put the big boy pants on and have your cry and then get up dust yourself off start being start making small baby steps in a direction and be grateful for the fact that you at least woke up today to be able to do it.
1: Mm. You know, I, I'm chuckling here because Amy, you're you're not the only one who've come on this this podcast talk about gratitude. I, I mean, I, I we perhaps maybe the previous episode, but this gratitude thing is is um, has come up over and over and over and over again. I have a friend who actually tells me she does like 100 of them, and I've said this in a previous podcast before, but. And how do you come up with 100 things? And just like you, she talks about the things that we often take for granted, right? The ability to to get up because not everyone has that blessing. People go to sleep and they don't make it up, right? But we become so fixated on everything that's going on or wrong that we miss out on what I call the little blessing. So gratitude, another friend calls it stacking his wins. Is it Fred? I, I stack my wins. I make an intentional effort to count my blessing. So it's 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 refreshing and reassuring to hear you also come to add to the numerous of times we've talked about the importance of gratitude on this, right? Going through emotional challenges, gratitude, it helps you shift your focus from the negative to the positive. So uh, thank you for saying this because I think it underscores the importance um, of of being grateful. I mean, it's, it's, it, it doesn't get any better than that.
0: Well, I will tell you one other thing to do. This always switches my mindset always go do one nice thing for somebody today. Mm. When you do something nice for somebody, not only does it lift their day, but it creates a chemical release in your own body that makes you feel really, really good. Mm. And it doesn't need to be major. You don't need to buy somebody mm. dinner. You can just smile at them. Yeah. You can just hold a door open. Yeah. You can just help somebody. The other day I walked into a, a grocery store and someone, they had one of those coin machines where you put the the money in, mm-hmm. you know, all your coins and it, and it comes out, you know, and you, you go get the cash. Um, and he had dropped like all these pennies and people were just walking by him. Yeah And I stopped and I picked up the pennies like oh, it's okay I was like well two more hands. will get it done in half the amount of time And I felt really I'm sure he was appreciative yeah. that yeah. I stopped and helped yeah. But I felt really good in helping somebody else and that's just the start Yeah of that positive chemical hormone going through your body. Yeah. The more times you can do that the more you'll flip that switch of boohooey me and life sucks to, you know, I can do for others. I do have a lot of things to be grateful for. Um, number one, if you're here and you're not on a ventilator, Mm. you should be grateful that you're healthy. Yes. Seriously. Like it comes down to be as as simple as that. Um, and so there you go. Everybody should be at least grateful for that.
1: or a phone call or a text message right to let somebody yep. know you're thinking, thinking about of that, you right? yeah yeah
0: thinking of just yeah. a, and it takes you it takes you what not even 3 seconds yeah. thinking of you send yeah. and, it, and and just put like a little smiley face or something and it's amazing how it brightens somebody's day and you don't know what other people are going mm. through and that little i'm um, thinking of you could actually save someone's life so it's amazing what just a little bit of goodness given to others can have an amazing wow. impact.
1: I'm at a loss for it right now, but Amy, what, 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 what defines you now? Um, having been through all of your, your life experiences, what would you say defines you?
0: Oh gosh. Um,
1: it's my quintessential um, question. But yeah, I, ask I would
0: say kindness. It was funny because my yeah. neighbor just today was saying, you are the kindest person. I was like, And that pretty much describes me. Kindness, um, compassion, kindness, compassion. Um, And I really, really want to just help others. Mm. That's really what defines me every day, what makes me wake up um, and, you know, in the effort to try and make it easier on parents, make them less stressed, make more harmony in the home and set our kids up for a successful future.
1: Yeah. And so if there's someone watching who needs information, for those watching, uh, your website's gonna be on the screen, but for someone actually listening on the podcast, what's the web, where do they go for, for additional information?
0: Um, well, we have two things, actually. If you're listening to this and our challenge is still available, we're doing a free three-day How to Raise a Millionaire Challenge. Mm um where people can sign up like i said it's totally free it's not three full days you guys it's one hour per day for three days i might want um, to sign up
1: for that myself because i could do <laughs> i could do quite a bit with a million dollars
0: there you go <laughs> well it's raise a million dot you know raising a, a million dollar kid is yep, what you're doing yep. um and so that url is um raise a millionaire raise a raise a millionaire challenge raiseamillionairechallenge. And then if you want to sign up for the course, the six-week course, that's raiseamillionairecourse.com. And in that course, it's six weeks. It's all online. We do have a private Facebook group where we do questions and answers. We do coaching. um, And there's a lot more to the program um, and if you're interested, by all means, go to those uh, URLs. Again, raiseamillionairechallenge.com or raiseamillionairecourse.com and get more information there. You can also always email us um, at info at That's info at And we'd be happy to talk to you and answer any questions you have.
1: And it's on the, it's for those watching, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's on the screen as well. So you can, you can capture that down, but Amy, as we wrap this up here, um, I'd like to, again, give you the final words. I know you've addressed it directly to our audiences, but, um, a- any parting words as we kind of wrap up any, anything to, you know, for our audience to kind of think about as, uh, as we end this podcast.
0: Um, yeah, LALOLA, we created LALOLA, which stands for live, love, and laugh. Mm. And i think that all of our lives could use a little bit more love and laughter so i'm sending my love with a little bit of laugh to all of you
1: oh amy thank you so much for such profound words of wisdom i'm i'm, I'm happy to hear this is really what excites me about this right hearing guests talk about the ability to turn their their hardships or the challenges around not only for themselves, but impacting many lives as, as well. And you're one of such people. And thank you for teaching us to live, uh, to love and to laugh. Um, best wishes to you, your business, to your family. Um, and glad that there are people out there like you, um, Amy, using your stories to to transform lives. Thank you so much for being our guest uh, today on Time with Fred. And, um, and we we'll hope to see you again sometime soon. To our audience who uh, are watching or listening, we couldn't have this without you. So thank you for sticking around. I trust that you found this very beneficial. You found something valuable. If nothing else, a tip or two that you can teach your kids to help them get out of where they are uh, to help them become financially savvy adults. So again, thank you so much, Amy.
0: Thank you for having me, Fred.
1: Pleasure is all mine.